Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Hey, it's Star Tribune's Talking Preps Podcast. I'm David Levake with Jim Paulson, and it's, uh, I think the rain stopped and the sun came out, Jim. You know, I've been hearing that for a while now, that uh, a few days that the sun was supposed to be out, supposed to get nicer. It's about time that uh, it's coming true. It is. Uh, April was, I kept hearing, you know, all right, you know, now tomorrow it'll 65 and clearing, and it kept being 45 and somebody get me the hell out of here instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because we have a lot, because we have a lot more to look forward to with spring sports than usual. And and I think the big thing is um, we don't, the the athletes don't have to wear masks while competing. Uh, That's whether you're talking about games or talking about practices, Uh, exceptions, of course, uh, are if you're in close contact, like a dugout, for example, in baseball or softball, but otherwise, uh, the athletes are, are free to uh, play without masks this spring. And uh, it's interesting, though, because there was much rejoicing and there was also some consternation. And uh, what is your what have you found in talking to people about the maskless spring we've got in front of us here? I think you hit it right on the head. There's a lot of rejoicing and a number of people out there that are still a little hesitant about it. Um, there are, then that's kind of the way it's gone during this whole COVID pandemic is that there are, there are a lot of people on both sides of the issue. Some that think that we've gone too far, some that think we're not going far enough. I think it's just representative of where we are as a society in general. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people did not like wearing a mask on the court and you saw that rep- represented in some of the state tournaments like basketball where there's an awful lot of exposed noses and many exposed mouths underneath or above those masks. So I think you'll see uh, there's a lot of people that really didn't want to wear masks and feel uncomfortable with it. And I know there's a number of people that are still quite not ready to, uh, to um, let them go, knowing that, there's, that, that we're not completely out of the woods yet. I, I, I find myself kind of on the fence there. I, I, I see both sides and uh, I, I, it really never bothered me but then I'm not having to play with them. Your thoughts? Well, I just, you know, my, my, uh, watching my daughter play golf, she, she made the Stillwater golf team as an eighth grader, which is very exciting. And, and I was out watching her play. The first match was at Highland national in St. Paul. And I'm watching her and I'm thinking, you know, she's out there, you know, yards away from everybody, whatever. And she's in a mask. It didn't feel right to me. Um, it felt like it felt like a year ago. If they wouldn't have canceled spring sports completely, and if they would have said, "All right, we're going to keep them going, but you have to wear a mask," a year ago, I would have said, "All right." That's that's a year later. I'm not so sure. And and I'm that's you know me as a parent talking. It's it's not me as a journalist and gathering information and, and hearing people for what they have to say. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I welcome I welcome talking talking to coaches who can enlighten me. Casey Methune was a great example of that Prior Lake boys lacrosse. He's the one that said, this isn't the day for celebrating because I, my JV can't play because of COVID related uh, issues with another program. And so that, that nuance, I, I appreciate very much in, in my work life and, and, and in my personal life as well. But uh, I, I'm glad, I'm glad the kids had the option, but now switch to her soccer team. And there's a couple of kids that were practicing outside still in masks. So, you know, that's what they need to do then great and those that felt that they could go without they have that opportunity as well so 
it's tough because you don't want to I've never been really a popular, the whole notion of, well, if you're not comfortable, stay home. I've never been comfortable with that notion. Um, I'd like to see how people can coexist with this and uh, hopefully that can continue and, and you know, spring sports can, can happen and not run into the problems that we ran into in, in the fall and winter uh, where, where down the stretch, some teams, the wheels came off. And, you know, so that's, so, you know, it's where we are. And in fact, I'd like to pivot to that quickly. Uh, what that's to me is the next step, you know, Hill Murray fall off from the winter tournaments, Hill Murray boys hockey, they have it on video that says we had exposure to this white bear Lake player for minimal amount of time. We're all in masks. And yet the team got knocked out for you know, a week or 10 days, whatever it was. I'm hoping we get to the point where we can get that under control a little bit, because that's an awfully, awfully high price to pay for an entire team for minimal exposure. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that, are, that aren't going to feel too sorry for Hill Murray because they were a state champion the year before. And, and uh, you know, I, I, the people that are. Um, I went to St. Paul Johnson, Jim, and I actually feel bad for Hill Murray. That's what it's come to. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that there are, are people that can say that we're not quite out of the woods yet. And that's something like, like sports is really not that um, compelling a reason to try be safe. I'm kind of with you, though. I think we're at a point where we've reached a number of uh, vaccinations where we've we've got an awful lot more data. Um, the only the only thing that bothered me the whole time was the politis, uh, the politicization of it all, of making it uh, a situation where it's more than just safety consciousness. There's some sort of when it started getting political, which side were you on, mask or anti-mask, was just kind of a euphemism for blue or red. I uh, um, it got a little bit. Uh, that gets a little frustrating. I don't, don't want to go into that uh, uh, at all, but that's that's the only time where it really bothered me. If you say no masks, I can completely understand. If you say you have to wear masks, I can completely understand that as well. I'm, I don't think that that's too big a price to pay to be able to, kind of, to function in daily life, whether it be playing sports or going to the store or, or what, going to a restaurant. You know, it's, it's not such an egregious thing that uh, I don't see any freedoms being hampered there and I, 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 but if you don't want to wear a mask and and it bothers you when you're playing now you have the opportunity to, to do that as well so i'm i'm kind of uh, have a foot in both camps straddling the fence you'll say well and i'll, I'll offer this as well so we, we just had winter sports tournaments and they were a bit less than certainly when it came to the ability to be in attendance as a fan mm -hmm. Uh, I, I'm assuming the same is going to happen with spring. I don't know what is going to change in a massive way in the next six weeks or so when we start getting into tournament play. Um, and then I don't, I don't know how much will change come fall. I mean, if, if you think that stands are going to be full of football fans, I, I would, uh, I would think that that might be wishful thinking. Um, and so my question is, you know, getting back to that point I made about the Hill Murray example, entire team you know having to sit out because of not even a COVID case on their own team mind you it was it was possible exposure to another you know so if, if nothing is going to majorly change in terms of vaccinations in terms of herd immunity whatever metrics the decision makers are making what um what, what do you say about having a buffer between the end of the section playoffs and the start of the state tournament and, and allow 
for any problems to be hashed out there and not have it cost a team a state tournament. Well, the Department of Health did recommend that uh, there's more testing um, for teams. Um, I think it was like every two weeks for if you're not playing every week for a team or something like that. I, I, I don't know exactly the specifics of how that was, but they did recommend more testing for COVID. So that could make a difference down the road as well. Uh, but I think that that's a great idea, a buffer between the end of the regular season and the start of the uh, playoffs. I don't think that was anything anybody could have foreseen. Maybe considering how the fall sports season ended and such a um, kind of fizzled, maybe that is something that should have been looked at. But I think now that we've got ample evidence that giving teams a chance to uh, have a break and teams, a number of teams at the end of the winter regular seasons did take a self-imposed break before going into the playoffs, just for that very reason. I would see that as being something that high school league should strongly consider. Kind of like they do the no contact period during um, summer sports. Again, no play. Everybody must take uh, end the regular season in the state and take a, you know, a week and a half off and then restart up after that week of, uh, of applause. That would make a lot of sense to me. It would be good to be proactive. And yeah, the, the, the time that would go into that pause has to come from somewhere. Well, we just had shortened seasons by pretty, you know, significant amount, both in the fall and in the winter. You know, you could, you could give back a little bit more of that time for games, but you could still keep some of it for a buffer. I mean, I, I, think, that, I think that would be a good idea uh, because I just, I just you, know, you hate to see another team lose out in a state tournament. We'll call it the Levate break. <laughs> I like it. Or the pulse and pause. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we got rhyming and we got alliteration. We got it all covered, man. So, yeah, just make sure you give us credit for this, obviously. Not that others haven't thought this, but I'm not above taking credit for something that's not my idea. If it makes me look good, all for it. Yeah. Um, the royalty checks come in the mail. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't been out to a game to see where, where teams are with not wearing masks. Um, but uh, I got to believe that uh, I've talked to a softball coach who said that her team was it was it was so difficult to do a lot of the things with you know, signs and communication and the type of things you need to do that uh, I think um, everybody will welcome maskless play, even if it's not maskless bench sitting or anything like that. It, it's, it still is a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. What else are we are we looking at here? Um, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Did everybody, didn't he? <laughs> you could be blind uh, like The worst kept secret we've ever had, I think. Yeah, I think because you you glitched out, but I think you said he surprised everybody. Is what you said in jest, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was not a surprise. Yeah. The thing was is that people had been speculating that Chet was going to Gonzaga for at least three months. It was almost as if it was a, a foregone conclusion, but talking to his dad, Dave Holmgren, after he announced where he's going, he said, no, it was only about two weeks ago that he finalized it, um, which uh, I'm not going to say that Dave was misrepresenting. I mean, he's his father. He knows. But uh, like I said, I think it was, wasn't a surprise at all that he went to Gonzaga. It was kind of a surprise that Jalen Suggs was there that day at the same time that Chet is uh, announcing that he's going to Gonzaga at the same time that Jalen Suggs is announcing that he's leaving Gonzaga uh, virtually yeah. on, the same, on the same stage. Um, so there was a, that was 
uh, kind of an interesting, newsworthy day. Um, again, we'll see if Chet ends up being more than a, a one and done. Being an NBA player is his ultimate goal. He's made no secret about that. Um, and, uh, and Gonzaga has a history of turning out pretty good big men that I think it'd probably be a, a real good fit for at least one year. We'll see exactly uh, how long that lasts. But uh, again, with Chet Holmgren, the best shot blocking player I've ever seen in my life. I mean, if he never makes a basket, he's still such an impact player on the defensive end where teams are just afraid to go at him, afraid to put up shots anywhere in the lane. I saw teams used their players used to driving the lane and, uh, and, you know, attacking the basket, just fearful of doing that. I saw players at, as a junior kid, Dane Danger, who's now at Baylor uh, from Park Center, six foot nine kid was so, discombobulated by Chet's long arms in the lane that he didn't know what he was going to do. He started taking 15 foot fadeaways just for not his game by any means. So how he affects a game is just such an amazing, amazing thing. And people say he's going to get tougher. Yeah, he does. He's got to get stronger, but he's already such a force. He'll be uh, what? great for Gonzaga. No doubt about that. But tell me more about what, I mean, he's seven feet tall. And so that gives him an incredible advantage over high schoolers. What is it about it that's going to translate? Because, yeah, not every, you know, he'll, he'll see guys that aren't seven feet tall in college, but they're not going to be afraid of them. They'll, they'll, they'll figure him out. You know, it's not like if a seven-footer could control everything in college, we'd be back to the days of Ewing and, you know, the Hoya Destroyers and you know, all that. So what is it about Chet that makes him so effective beyond the fact that he's so much taller than a lot of guys in high school? Well, his uh, his um, wingspan is seven foot six. His arms, but he's got such amazing timing, and he does it so uh, effectively without being uh, a, an aggressive shot swatter. You know, he's up there, and he just all he, he knows exactly when to get his arm out there. And just that seven foot six, six wingspan does look like it's about eight and a half feet when he's out on the court. I mean, you just can't get a ball over him. There's, I saw guys trying to throw up uh, um, high floaters that you thought were going to go over the top of it. And then boom, there's Chet's long arm and long fingers, you know, knocking it back. And like I said, he doesn't need to, to swing at the ball. He just puts his hand in the and blocks it. And, uh, and uh, it's so effective. It's like I said, his timing is probably the best I've ever seen. He knows when to unfurl those arms and how to do it. And that's what makes it such an effective, uh, effective tool. You're absolutely right. The NBA is full of seven footers. You know, look at Giannis and in Milwaukee. I mean, it's, it's I had to say that the same person, I mean, with Chet's long skinny body and a guy as athletic as that, but his shot blocking skills will carry over at any level. I'm, I'm a hundred percent convinced of that. Well, we'll see what, uh, what he's got for us in the Pacific Northwest here in a few months time. But good for him. It's just a, you know, it's a continuation of Minnesota basketball taking a national turn in the spotlight, which I think is great. Um, and, and uh, you still got Paige doing her thing for the next several years. And Jalen represented very well. Uh, so it's, it's good. It's good for Minnesota's national footprint on the basketball scene. Is there a possibility that Jalen could get drafted by the Wolves? I mean, there's people I've, I've seen it projected as a, a top one, two, or three pick. If the Wolves get that draft pick, is, is he a guy that uh, you could see it playing for the Timberwolves? It's kind of remindful of, uh, Tyus Jones, I can uh, remember when he was just a ninth grader, just a friendly, respectful kid um, coming down to our offices for a 
Metro or Metro Player of the Year photo shoot, uh, towing, uh, in tow, he had his younger brother Trey Jones with him, bouncing a little toy basketball off the wall. Um, and these little rugrats here, and now both of them are, uh, are NBA players. And seeing Jalen Suggs possibly playing for the Timberwolves would be um, just show you how good basketball is here and that how long we've been at the job that we're at. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we're, we're covering that Joe Mauer. I remember covering Joe Maurer as a high school freshman in baseball. And how long has he been retired now? Three years. Um, and, you know, that's retired an entire baseball career. So it's amazing how these kids get older and you and I just kind of stay the same age. Isn't that right, Wooderson? I was going to say, I've heard that in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Your, yours was a lot less creepy, though. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the intent. You could make yeah, That's good. Obviously, we're yeah. talking about the line from the, the movie Days and Confused, but... Uh, in case you didn't know. Oh, I thought it was Citizen Kane. Thanks for clearing <laughs> that up. You got it, Rosebud. <laughs> um, we have some coaches. Uh, Chet Holmgren is not the only one on his way out. We got some coaches on their way out, too. And, and the one that caught my eye and a lot of other people's eyes, Yanni Kivilhomi, who just finished his third successful campaign at Lakeville South. Uh, they were, uh, you know, they were in double overtime of the state championship this game this year. They almost won the whole thing, and and yet he stepped down. And uh, you know, that's um, that always that always makes you wonder. You know, when, when you got someone that success doesn't seem to be an issue at all. So then, what what are you leaving for? You know, there's you know, it's a pretty you know pretty plum job and a pretty good community. So you know, you wonder you wonder what's what's going on. That is that is interesting. What is what is going on? You're you're, you're the hockey guy. Tell me what uh, your uh, feelings are on that. Was it uh, just time to retire? Did he have other things he wanted to do? And what do you, what do you think drove? I don't. He's I don't think well he's done coaching. Coach. Yeah, I, I don't think he's done coaching first at all. Uh, yeah, he was he was successful for many years at Burnsville. Before that, he had some he had some tremendous players over the years at Burnsville. And if they had been in a different section, they probably would have made a few more state tournaments, but they always had to go up against Edina during kind of the best of their run. So um, I, I don't think he's done coaching. Um, I, 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 there, there, there's scuttlebutt out there because there's always scuttlebutt out there, but I, I don't know, you know how much of it I'm at liberty to divulge because I haven't had that conversation with Yanni. So I, I'm, I'm hesitant to get too far into that. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, I just get the feeling you'll you'll see him again, but uh, you know why it's not working out now at Lakeville South. I, I I don't know. Another well-known um, basketball name, or basketball name, excuse me, hockey name, resigned after two stints uh, at Chaska High School. Dave Snuggerud, you know Dave Snuggerud pretty well, don't you? Um, I, I don't claim to know him real well. Uh, I, I did share with him my story from. Being a, a hockey player on the playgrounds in the mid to late eighties, uh, friend of mine, a neighbor, he, uh, we would shoot tennis balls in the garage and he would put on some goalie pads and stuff. And he'd say, I'm Rob Stauber. Yeah. Cause that Rob was at the peak of his powers with the university of Minnesota at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, well, who am I? Cause I didn't know any of the golfers, you know, and at the time, and he says, well, you're Dave, so you can be Dave Snuggerud. So I, sh- I shared with him that story, and he had a good kick out of it. But, yeah, so I, I, I talked to him a little bit. Uh, Mike Chester was his guy a couple of years ago, and Mike was our player of the year. And I spoke more with Dave, certainly, about Mike. And so I, I've talked to him, you know, here and there, but but nothing 
but you know, not not a huge amount, but but certainly his reputation as a, a solid hockey coach and a solid guy is precedes him, and and uh, he's, he's he's certainly a loss for this level. He's he's uh, done some good things with Chaska. Yeah, it's this time of year, you know, people are reassessing and you know, they've got jobs. I think high school coaches in particular uh, tend to move around a little bit more than we think because they also have teaching jobs. It's too easy to forget about that when we're doing what we do. We look at coaches as being coaches first and forget that for the great majority of them, they are teachers first and coaches second, no matter how much time they put in as a coach. Um, and, and that always has to be remembered. I've known a lot of, as you wonder why they leave and you hear that it's because they got a, a tenure or a better job offer or a, a job promotion with another school in another district. And, uh, and that's why they leave. So you got to always keep that in mind that there's other factors involved than just the sport itself. Yeah. Understandable. Well, I think we can wrap it up here unless there's anything at the bottom of your notebook that we didn't get to. No, I think that's about it. I mean, it was a real compelling 20 minutes here. I, I, I know that people are going to be hanging on every word we have. Um, but you can only be hanging for another week. Yeah, I look forward to next week talking and, and getting some of the different accomplishments we're already starting to see in the spring sports. It'll be good to, to get uh, fully in, immersed in the spring scene and and, uh, and discuss the good things that are happening out there across the sports landscape. So until then, thanks for listening.